you know, Sakina, I mean, that's a difficult question because uh, many market analysts have been saying for quite a while now that, uh, you know, the JSC is in overpriced territory. We're on 20 times forward earnings. We're trading at quite a substantial premium relative to our historical average. And on the back of that, you know, we expect uh, quite a strong correction in equities. Now, you know, while this year has definitely been challenging, um, you know, and if you look at it over a rolling one-year uh, period, JSC equities are actually negative um, on, on, on a rolling one-year view, but, you know, that's obviously taking into account um, the extreme movements we saw in December last year after the, uh, after the sacking of former finance minister in Klantlanene. So, you know, while, while JSC equity returns have been disappointing over the last one year and have been, um, you know, exceptionally volatile, we haven't really seen uh, the massive correction that, uh, you know, many market analysts were, were, were predicting. That's the first thing. And the second thing um, is that we're not really in a much better position um, than we were one year ago in terms of where we are um, in, in terms of composite earnings multiples. So we still had quite a big premium uh, relative to our history. And the biggest problem here, Sakina, um, is that company earnings updates are starting to disappoint. So despite the fact that the equity market um, has gone through a tough patch over the last year and we've seen prices coming under some pressure outside of, um, you know, perhaps the resource sector and perhaps some of the uh, cheaper stocks in the market like the, like the banks and the construction companies and some of the SA incorporated industrial companies. Um, you know, generally outside of that, we've seen earnings growth coming under some pressure um, and as a result, prices coming under some pressure. But, um, you know, the prices have been coming under pressure in line with the earnings, which means that, uh, you know, it's not like these equities are now offering better value. You know, you're still paying the same uh, kind of multi multiple for forward earnings outlooks um, as what you were one year ago. It's just that earnings outlooks have been trimmed downwards. And the biggest problem here, Sakina, is that companies are not reinvesting their cash piles, which means that they're not generating um, the kind of earnings growth which they need to warrant the exceptionally expensive, expensive multiples that they're trading on. So, Sakina, I think the big picture here is that business confidence is obviously exceptionally low in South Africa. Um, we've seen it recovering a little bit recently, but, you know, that's off uh, multi-decade lows. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go uh, before business confidence reaches any sort of sustainably good level. I suppose the one other good point is that PMI numbers are increasing. But overall, Sakina, we need to see businesses feeling more confident about the future so they start investing more cash. And in, in return for investing more cash, we'll start to see uh, some real earnings growth being generated. And uh, that's the only time we're going to see um, equities uh, or in composite performing well. Um, you know, having said that, it doesn't mean that there's no opportunity on the local equity market. You know, at the end of the day, 60% of the JSE currently trades on below a 15 times forward multiple, which is what the long-term average of the equity market is. So what we're saying is that 60% of the market um, there trades on reasonable valuations. It's just that it's not the big uh, heavy index weights, the big popular names uh, you know, that everybody seems to be chasing that's trading on those multiples. So the opportunities do exist. It's just about uh, being fastidious in looking for them. And then uh, just a, a bigger picture the view there, the threat of an over-leveraged uh, Chinese economy and also the prospects of rising global inflation, Nadir. 
Yeah, so the Chinese economy, Sakina, you know, obviously it's very central towards, uh, you know, glo- the global economy these days. Um, you know, China uh, alone accounts for something like 25 to 30% of global economic growth, that global economic growth number, um, you know, or the rate of global economic growth. So not 30% of the global economy, but 30% of the growth rate um, of the global economy moving forward. And we know that uh, obviously uh, China is very critical, or, you know, global growth is very critical um, on a forward-looking basis, you know, if, if, if global stock markets are going to continue to do well and if confidence is going to continue to remain propped up. Um, you know, but one of the biggest threats to Chinese economic growth is that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, shady debt which has been extended. Um, you know, we've seen net debt ratios in China going up threefold um, over the last couple of years, and that's obviously resulted in uh, some bad behavior by corporates who've been, or by, uh, you know, badly disciplined corporates who've been extended credits uh, fairly cheaply, and, uh, you know, there's a threat of this coming back to bite in terms of a credit crisis in China. I suppose, uh, you know, the one positive thing uh, that can be said is that the Chinese economy from that, from the financial market perspective, um, is still relatively insular, meaning that, uh, you know, there's very little, uh, that global, very little exposure that global banks or, you know, global pension funds or uh, global investment houses um, have actually, uh, there's very limited exposure to, to, to that um, over-leveraged debt outside of China, which means that uh, you know, it's relatively easy for the government to be able to control that and in order to sort of, uh, you know, in air quotes, um, have a bailout for the Chinese financial sector, uh, you know, in order to, to prevent that falling like a house of cards and to sustain um, economic growth at a reasonable level there. So, you know, it, 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 the Chinese economy is still fairly centrally controlled and, you know, I, I suppose that the government could, could do that. So that is the one positive sign. Although, um, you know, if we start to see a couple of defaults coming to the market and we start to see uh, a backlash of that from the Chinese economy, that will obviously affect global sentiment and we could see a bit of a wobble um, in terms of a risk of sentiment. And then, uh, you know, just with regards to global inflation, Sakina, I think the big thing now is that, uh, you know, governments are obviously going on a massive fiscal exp- uh, expansionary uh, trajectory and we're seeing all major G7 countries have abandoned um, their, uh, their, their uh, budget deficit targets uh, by the year 2020. None of them are talking austerity anymore. They're all ramping up their spending plans because they're taking over the baton from uh, global central banks in terms of stimulating economies. So, you know, this monetary policy experiment of quantitative easing, uh, you know, while it hasn't completely failed, the, you know, the, 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 out, the output of it hasn't quite been um, what central banks were expecting. So, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not altogether a very successful experiment. So, you know, it's now up to fiscal policy to stimulate economies. And I think that amount of spending is just going to drive um, inflation in the developed markets, uh, you know, quite aggressively. And then when you add into the mix the fact that oil prices have recovered close on 45% this year, um, you know, if you include the most recent moves after the OPEC, non-OPEC member deal, um, you know, that's obviously going to be highly inflationary. And I think, uh, you know, that's really what's driving what's going to drive the U.S. Federal Reserve, um, first of all, at their, their, their meeting later today to possibly increase interest rates and then uh, moving into 2017 as well. Nadir, we're going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much. Nadir Token, Investment Analyst at 274 Investment Managers.